Praise God. That was amazing. I think we just had church. I'm going to preach anyways because, you know, they, they give me a check every other week, so they expect something out of me. So otherwise, I just bless you and we'd go home, hit the buffet early. <laughs> All right, a couple things. We have, uh, we have some sign-ups for prayer teams that we're looking for. What, here's, so what we're doing, we're partnering with 30 other churches in the area to do a 24-7 prayer. And we would love for you to sign up uh, if there is a time that works really good for you and somebody else's name is there, it's okay to, to put your name on that line as well. We're just looking for people to pray. We have the last day of the month. Uh, we'll send out some emails just kind of to let you know, or we'll talk about it on Sunday, hey, this Thursday, but it won't start till the end of March. And so we'd love for you to sign up. Uh, I think we have, Marcus said the first service, uh, we have most of the hard spots picked, it seems like, or what maybe seems hard, but so, if, you know, if, if 8 o'clock a.m. is a good time for you, but somebody's got their name on it, you can just write your name on it as well. Our goal is to, to fill every time slot uh, so that we're praying. We're asking for a year commitment, but we'll renew it. We're, we're looking to pray from here on until we either go home or Jesus comes back. We want, we want revival, renewal, refreshing to take place in Hickory area, amen? And we're partnering with churches. So how many knows that we start to partner with churches and not against churches, God's going to start to move, right? It's, it's God's heart for us to work together, not against each other, amen? Hey, give a shout out to our online viewers. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We sure appreciate it. Uh, our online viewership just raises and raises and raises, and it, it's, it's just, um, it, it's really cool. We have people in Texas we've never met, Florida we've never met, California we've never met that uh, send in a, a tithe or an offering, that give online, that um, bless the church each week, that watch. We certainly have great, great friends and family that watch from Omaha, Nebraska, and so we're glad about them. We appreciate all them. So uh, appreciate you today. Glad you're out here. I, uh, I feel, do you feel spring is in the air? Kind of feel like spring's in the air. It's a little chilly, but the birds are chirping. And our, our first uh, year here, Janie, we, Janie and I, were, we were out doing something, and Janie said, there's a robin. And so I was telling one of our board members, yeah, we saw a robin. He said, Pastor, this is where the robins come. <laughs> so <laughs> you should see a robin. <laughs> oh, well, where I'm from, that's a sign of spring. I saw a robin. Spring's right around the corner. So... Aren't, don't, aren't you glad you live here? Yeah. I am really glad. Aren't you glad for Grace Church? Yeah. You are Grace Church, so we're glad for you. Thank you so much for being who you are in Christ Jesus. Can we really quickly just throw up our Easter services? I want to just talk about that for a moment, and we'll get into the Word. I think we have a screen. So here's some dates and times. Thursday, April 9th is a prayer, and we're, we're, we're labeling that, can you not tarry one hour? That's what Jesus said on that Monday, Thursday, the time of his uh, uh, Last Supper. Good Friday, we're going to take communion, and we're going to have a fish fry. Uh, that is to be determined if it's going to be here or downtown. We may or may not have occupancy for the downtown. If we have occupancy, it'll be downtown upstairs, and it'll be a really good service. The fish is really good. We did it last year. I think it's $5 a person maybe or so, one plate. Last year, people thought it was all you can eat. It's all you can eat $5 at a time, okay? So <laughs> just, <laughs> there's no to-go bags. Stop that already. You don't, you, know, you don't go Captain D's and just start ordering off the menu and get five bucks. 
help me out a little bit, would you? So that'll be a great service, Good Friday. And then our Easter Sunday services are sunrise at Huck's Chapel. It's right across behind Corning, the old Corning building, 7.45 a.m. That'll be a low-key, kind of just instrument-only service. Uh, Grace Lake Hickory right here at 9.15 and 11. Sunny Valley where we do a Bible study at 11. And then Cherokee at 11. So we'll have seven weekend services if we count Thursday and Friday. And if you're going out of town for Easter, come to one of those Thursday-Friday services and just join us with that. Uh, it'll be good. We're asking everybody that will to serve one and attend one, okay? So it, it, here's the reason. Easter technically isn't for us because we celebrate Easter year-round, okay? We celebrate a, res a resurrected Savior, right? A risen Lord. So Easter is really for the people who maybe don't come very often or maybe coming for the first time. We'll have some invite cards, some invite engagers we're going to give you to maybe invite a family member, a friend, a neighbor, maybe some family that's coming in town. Invite them out. And then we're just, again, we're going to ask maybe attend one, serve one, or serve one, attend one. It'll be a really great weekend. So again, just want to make you mindful of that. How many thinks that's a good idea? And we just want to reach, we want to reach people for Jesus Christ. Praise God. So some people will call and say, hey, are we just doing one service on, on Easter? I wish. We just don't have enough, we don't have enough room. This place will be full two or three times over. So uh, God's good, right? Would you stand with me? We're in Jonah, the book of Jonah, first chapter. We're going to read 7 through 10. Uh, we're studying Jonah. We'll do a little kind of a sidebar on Jonah today. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Hope you grab something out of it. And they said to one another, uh, come let us cast lots that we may know whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. And then they said to him, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Uh, where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. And we thank you, Lord, for the story of Jonah and what we might be able to learn from him. Lord, we might be able to learn about you. Lord, so today we just pray that you open our hearts and our minds. Lord, and make us be active in, in, the, in the truth, Father, Lord, that we just don't receive it and sit on it. We actually do something with us. So, Father, I pray every person here, Lord, uh, within the sound of my voice, here and online, Lord, we just, you pierce our heart today in a good way to know who we are. And like they sang that song just a moment again, we are a child of God. We're, we're no longer slaves, and I thank you for that, Father. So I pray, Lord, right now a spirit of just freeing us, freeing us to be who we are in Christ Jesus and who you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody in agreement said? Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for standing for the reading of the Word of God. Uh, I, I, I love uh, this study of Jonah, and yet I found myself being a little political. And I don't want to be political. I, I want to be scriptural, and I want, to, I want us to know that we don't have to fear any person as long as our, our reverential fear is towards God, right? We want to walk in an awesome fear and presence of God. And we have to know that man isn't going to be the person that is going to solve our problems for us. God may use a person to help solve problems, but it's ultimately God who solves our problems when we walk through things, okay? So Jonah here is in a situation where he's in the bottom of the ship, he's asleep, 
The ship is sinking. The sailors have no idea what's going on. They're, they're pagan. They're, they're, they're not God followers. They're not Christ followers. They worship their own gods. And, and the ship is sinking. And the captain knows there's something going on. There's a, there's a problem here. So he goes through and tells everybody to start praying. We learned that last week. And then he gets down the bottom of the ship. And say, uh, Jonah is, is sleeping. And so he wakes him up. What's going on? And he finds out maybe he's the reason. Let's go to verse 9 one more time for a second. And he says to him, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. And I think right now at this point in time, Jonah is having kind of an aha moment. He's having a moment that says, wait a second, like I am a Hebrew and I do fear God. And sometimes we find ourselves in a position in life where we maybe listen to too many too much noise, too much chatter, too many people saying things, doing things, whatever the case may be. And maybe we started to buy in. And if, if you've watched even uh, some of the political parties and we start to listen to what everybody has to say, what everything, it's like, it could be disastrous, okay? And it could, and it could be a wrong calculation. Like even in the medical field, sometimes a doctor might give you a, a false report or a bad report or a report that doesn't, maybe isn't right. And Whose report shall we believe? The report of the Lord. Amen. So when we when we walk through that realm and we understand that that governing body that we are bought and paid for by Christ Jesus, that frees us up then to be the people that we need to be in Christ. And when we become those people in Christ, where we're now we're walking in that, I think Jonah comes to this place like, where am I? What have I done? And the the pagan uh, shipmates are even saying that to him. What country are you from? What are you doing here? What, do you, what are you supposed to be doing? He says, I am a, I'm a Hebrew. I fear God. I fear the Lord. And, and it's a time where he kind of comes to himself. There's this, this moment. So we, we look for a second for a parallel because we'll talk about a couple prodigals today. Jonah clearly is a prodigal. He's a prodigal prophet that just for whatever reason does not want to do what God tells him to do. And this is, this is a prodigal. And the word prodigal Prodigal means recklessly extravagant. And so he, he's reckless with what God's told him to do. And sometimes this is the, the paradox of the church. We become reckless. Like we've been empowered to do things. If I gave, if I gave uh, Connor here my car keys, if I gave him my credit card, if I gave him the, the, the authority or the power, just say, just go spend all you want, man. Just go, just go do it. You, you are, and if he doesn't do it, Whose fault is this? Not mine, right? It's his fault. Our youngest, uh, our only granddaughter, Sela, super cute. Of course, I'm Poppy, so I would think she's super cute. Super cute. Three years old, super tiny. And uh, last, maybe fall, was it last fall? Last fall, I had noticed that one day, Janie watches her on Tuesday, and one day she came, she's always dressed really cool to the hilt. And one day, like, she was, she was grown out of her trousers or something. And I'm not sure it was just a play day. It's not like she was coming to church. She comes to church, she's got to have the best dress on. And so uh, I told Janie, I said, honey, I think you need to take her shopping. And you just buy her whatever she wants. That was a mistake. <laughs> that was totally a mistake. That, that was a, that was that was a huge financial error on me. And so she, so I didn't think anything of it. And, and uh, Janie takes her to, I think Janie takes her to two or three stores. Like one store wasn't good enough. 
She took her to two or three stores. And later in the day, because she spends time with Janie on Tuesdays, later in the day I get this uh, text, a picture of, of Selah sitting in the middle of our living room, and it looks like Christmas. I mean, she's got shoe boxes. She's got dresses. She's got toys. And she just, like, she's, she's a happy camp. Like, she gets it, right? Like, she, I'm not profiling, but I understand from going to stores that women must like to shop more than men. And the reason I say that is because if I go to a store way back in that corner by the home goods and by the little baby diapers is the men's division. <laughs> Everything else is the women's. And so I tell Janie, I'm going to go visit my corner. You let me know when you're done. Just text me or something because I'm just going to. And so Sayla gets it. She like, she understands who she is, okay? And, and so then the next week, Janie likes to take her to Target. And at Target, they have a Starbucks, and she gets, she gets, her, uh, she gets her milk. She gets her milk. Janie gets her coffee. They sit in the cart. Janie sits, or Sayla sits in the cart. They're holding their cups, and they're going up and down the aisles. And Sayla thinks it's a weekly thing now. And she says, Poppy said, I can have whatever I want. And Janie says, uh, no, honey, you can pick out one thing. No, no, no. Him would want, whatever. Him would want me to have whatever I want. <laughs> and so people are, people are seeing this conversation that Grammy and Sayla are having, and it, it becomes a, a big deal, like they're drawing a crowd. <laughs> no, Grammy, Poppy said, I can have whatever. And she draws out whatever I want. Well, I, I say that to say this. I think when we find ourselves in Christ, when we really recognize who we are, church, that your Father God wants you to have whatever you want in his will, according to his will. That's a, that's a profound thought right there. See, we sell ourselves short. Jonah was selling himself short. He was told to go to Nineveh. And by the way, let, let, let me give this to you for a second. When you study this book out and you study the history of the Ninevites as their relationship to Syria, 50 years later, hear me on this, 50 years after that book is written, the Ninevites through Syria conquer Israel. Now maybe, just maybe, God wanted to save Nineveh so that he could save Israel. See, sometimes God puts things in our place, not for us, so that we can, he can work through us to help those people so that they can be victorious and then things come back around and the kingdom's better for it. It's like, why wouldn't we want some people in this church? I want everybody in this church. I think God came for all people to die for, amen? So when we recognize that, this, now we look at the, what Jonah took place and, and Jonah could have had everything. Jonah only has to go to Nineveh and preach seven words, and he refuses to do that. But right here, it's almost like he comes to himself, wait a second. These pagan believers who I didn't want to be with ended up being with. I'm on a boat, didn't want to be on a boat. I'm going to Tarsus. It's not making a Tarsus. They're the one asking the questions that we should be asking ourselves. Who do you belong to? You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. What country are you? You may be an American citizen, but you might not be. But we know this. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God once you become a Christ follower. You are blood-bought. You're a child of the Most High God. You walk in that authority. You walk in that righteousness, okay? What are you here to do? And this, and this is what they're asking Jonah. Well, you're put on earth to be the best you that you can be. 
You're put on earth to be a follower of the Lord. And he comes to himself and says, I'm a Hebrew. I fear God. And all of a sudden, I think he has an awakening moment. Well, if we go over to Luke, the 15th chapter, uh, and the verses just, let's go to verses 1 and 2. Jesus always had a problem with religious people. That's why we're not a religious church. We're just a, a relational church. We love Jesus. If you love Jesus, we're going to walk through this thing together. If you don't love Jesus, we're just going to try to introduce Jesus to you, and we're going to walk together with it. And so we're in this deal. But Jesus has these religious people come up to him, and he's hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, and they're all drawing near him. And then verse number 2 says this, And the Pharisees and the scribes, they were grumbling. They were complaining, saying, This man receives sinners, and he eats with them. He's like, Man alive, why can't you just live good enough alone? He's visiting with people who nobody else wants, nobody else wants contact with. And so he starts telling them a parable of, of, the, of the lost sheep and of the lost coin. And then he, he tells them a parable of the, of the lost son, of the, what we would say the prodigal son. And I'll tell you the story, and then we'll hit a couple of verses. Well, he tells the story of the prodigal son. There was, a, there was two boys, and they lived in their father's house, and the father was wealthy. And because he was wealthy, they were going to have a big inheritance. And the younger son comes up to the dad one day and says, hey, I want all my inheritance now. I want everything right now. And, and, and so the dad doesn't want to, but he gives it to him. And in the culture of the day, the older son would have two-thirds of everything, and the younger son would have a third of, of it. It doesn't seem right. For the oldest son to have two-thirds and the younger son to have a third. But that, that was culture of the day. And the younger son comes up and he, he says, hey, I want everything. And, and so the, the father, and basically based on culture, what the younger son is saying, hey, dad, I wish you were dead. I want everything that you owe me. And by the way, why do we think God owes us anything when he's already given us everything? So we, we, we get to this mindset, well, God, you owe me. Why didn't you heal me? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? No, God, listen, God already gave his all. We appreciate what we have, and maybe other things will flow and follow. But we need to love God for what he's already done for us. Stop loving God that you think he's going to do something for you. He's already done the best he could ever do for you. Okay, And so the son gets his inheritance, and he goes to, a, Scripture says, one translation, a pagan land. Again, much like Jonah, he goes over to a pagan land, and he spins everything. And by the way, it's always easier to spin what's not yours. Okay? What you didn't work for. What you didn't earn. This is the entitlement sometimes that comes in our culture. People want to spend other people's money. Right? Little sailor. Poppy said, I could have everything I want. And Janie gave it to her. She wanted it, she threw it in the cart. She wanted to, uh, I, I, I wish I had that picture. We, we should have, that was a, it was a, just a beautiful picture of Selah sitting in front of all these toys and all these things. But the rich, the rich young man now goes to this uh, city, a pagan city, away from his father's house, and he spends it frivolously. He, he, he is with reckless abandon. He's extravagant, and before long, he finds himself broke, out of a job, doesn't have any money, and he gets a job with a local farmer, and the, and the guy is raising pigs, and so he's, he's feeding the pigs. Now, if you've ever been around hogs, back in, in the Midwest, they have a lot of hog farms, and hogs smell so bad that you have to get a special permit to own more than like two or three hogs. If you want seven hogs, you got to go get a, a permit from the county or from the state. If you want a big hog farm, you got to get special permit, and they put you way out in the middle of nowhere because there's such a stench. And he's feeding the hogs, okay? And he's most, a lot of hogs will eat watermelon 
rinds. Have you ever ate a watermelon rind? Just not the watermelon, just the rind. Well, there's a restaurant not far from here that pickles watermelon rinds. They're the best things in the world. I mean, they, it's, they, they, are, they are amazing. They're sweet, and there's no nutritional value. It's like full of sugar. And it's just like, wow, this, this is like, this is amazing. So I'm not saying the pigs are eating like that, the pickled ones, but they're eating, and they're in their slop. And one day, I think Luke 15, verse 17, the Bible says one day, this, can we, yeah. But, but one day, he came to himself. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? All of a sudden, he comes to himself, and he gets to this point where, man, I'm down, I'm out, I'm miserable, I stink, I have a stench, this is horrible, it's like it can't get any worse than this. And he realizes, like Jonah did, wait a second, my father owns a big ranch or a big farm or a big business, my, I, I can at least go back and maybe work for my father. Maybe I'll never have that same position that I had with my father, but I can have that. I can still be in my father's house. We've got the, the scripture before this. Can we put up number 16 for a second? I think it's the, I think it's, that's the one I want, verse 16. He said, and when he, was lo when he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, that no one gave him anything. In other words, he was actually wanting the pig food. He was wanting to eat what the pigs ate. This is how bad he was. This is how far off he was. He was forgetting who he was in his father's house. He thought he had sold and lost everything. And maybe sometimes we get to the point where we forget who we are in Christ Jesus. We forget the authority that we've been given, the power that we've been given. We forget the freedom that we've been given. And Satan starts to bind us up. And he wants us like that pig farmer assistant son who was rich and had all that money and he becomes to the point where he's just feeding so he goes back to his father's house and the bible says afar off the father's looking for him every day and by the way if you've messed up a time or two in life would you just join the rest of us but we're going to ask you just to get rid of it forget about it and move on in christ jesus start to live your life to the fullest stop letting the baggage cripple you Stop letting the weight of that uh, drown you to where you can't move forward in what God has for you. And so he, find, he comes to himself. He, he finds himself. And then the Bible says in verse number 21 of the same chapter, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be your son. But see, this is a parable. And so in other words, God, Jesus is telling a story and trying to send a message at the same time. And the story is this, that nobody is, is without. Nobody, Listen, nobody's not worthy because Christ already came so that all could be saved, right? And he came for all people, Luke 2, 2 and 10. For all the people, that's why he came for. So uh, the son, is like, man, I don't know. All I want is a job. I just want to get back like to the house. I don't even have to be in the house. I want to just get to the house. And then we see what verse 22 says, and I'll camp there for a minute. But the father said to the servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. 
And there's a real spiritual message here that, that we need to just stop and talk about for a moment on, on these three things. And when you read through, it's kind of cool. You think, yeah, he's wanting, to, he's wanting to clean them up because, again, he's, he's slopping watermelon rind with the hogs. And if you've ever been in a hog pen, uh, the slop gets up to here. The stink is up to here. You draw that smell. Like you start to smell like what you've become, you know, what you're, what you're doing. And so he's there. And I don't know if the father like hoses them down, showers them, or, or just puts a, a nice robe on them. But there's something about uh, when you when you just when you grab a, a, a clean garment, you know I uh, I I work out or try to work out. And so whenever I whenever I work out, I just sweat profusely. I I Janie, in fact, Janie the other day said, "Mark, you just got one of the hottest bodies there is." <laughs> and I said, "Thank you, honey." And she said, "No, I mean." You're hot. Like, you sweat all the time. I, I really thought she was giving me a compliment. Like, you, hey, workouts are taking shape. You got a hot body, man. Good for you. And she was like, no. You're like, you just, like, it's hot. Okay. <laughs> and so, but when I, like, I clean up, I take a shower, I put some, you know, fresh clothes on. There's a feel-good moment there. Can I tell you this? That's what happened when you became a follower of Christ. Everything that was stinky in your life became fresh and new because you got a garment of salvation. You got a robe of, of praise on it. And that's the same thing that God then wants us to do. He wants us to lift up a garment of praise and a garment of salvation because whatever, what I said in Zephaniah, the third chapter, when we open, whenever our praises go up, his glory comes down. And so you've been wrapped now in this robe of salvation that nobody can take off unless you decide to take it off and walk away from it. That's a beautiful thing in Christ because no matter how we look, and not one person is worse than the other, we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were all wayward at one time, and now we're coming back into our righteousness. That righteousness is found in Christ, Jehovah's Sid Canoe. He's our righteousness. What is that? He puts that robe on us. And so the Father is saying, hey, grab a robe for the Son. Oh, by the way, grab a ring as well. And the ring is kind of twofold. It's a commitment from the Father to the Son saying, you'll always be my son. But a ring was also a symbol of authority. So not only you are my son, I've given you the authority to do the things that I need you to do. And Jesus said, all power, in Matthew the 28th chapter, all power and authority has been given to me. Now I give it to you. Now go and make disciples. Go teach. Go baptize. Go, go convert. Go, go see. We've been given the authority, church. In fact, in Mark the 16th chapter, he says, cast out demons. Pray for the sick. Bring healing. Speak in a, different, uh, in a different tongue. He's given us the power. So why, church, is the church so lax across the world that we're not doing the things that God's told us to do? So we've been given the authority, right? It's like when Janie and I got married, we exchanged rings. That was an issue of commitment, but it was also authority. She took on my name, and then she took on my credit card and my debit card and my checking account and my savings. And she understands the authority that she has. See, I think if we would read through the Scriptures and say, Lord, we're, you show me the places that you have an authority when uh, Moses sent out the 12 spies each in, in Numbers, the 13th chapter, one from each of the 12 tribes, and they were gone for 40 days and 40 nights. And they came back, and Joshua and Caleb were like, man, the, the, the grapes are the size of watermelons, and it's going to take two of us just to carry one bunch. And the, it truly is a land flowing with milk and honey, and, and this, is, this is, man, this is beautiful. And 
The other ten spies are like, those are giants in that land. They are going to kill us. And Joshua and Caleb both stood up and said, no, God has given this land to us. We have authority to go and take it. See, God's given you authority to do the things that are in Christ Jesus. And so if he's given you authority to be free, we need to be free. If he's given you the authority to overcome, we need to overcome. If he's given you the authority to be a new creature in Christ Jesus, we need to be new creatures in Christ Jesus. He's given us the authority. It was Jonah in that verse saying, listen for a second. Wait, I'm, I'm a child. Of, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Hebrew. I'm a Hebrew. And I fear God It's the prodigal son saying, wait a second. I, 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 my people in my father's house are being treated better than I'm being treated right here. I'm going to go back home. There's a ring of authority. And Jesus said, where two of us shall gather together in his name, there will he be in the middle of us. So Jesus is here today. He says, if we'll ask anything in his name, he will do it. We've been given the authority as Christ's followers to be the things that Christ wants us to be. And then there's this part here where it says, and, and, and put shoes on his feet. And, and at first you, you think, well, I, I, all right, maybe he lost him in travel. Maybe, maybe there's something you know, different going on. But when you read the history of the culture, because he had forsaken who he was, and he became a slave, the slaves didn't wear any shoes. So when he came home, he didn't have any shoes on his feet. And the father was saying, you're no longer a slave. In the song we sang, and we'll sing again, says, you're no longer a slave to fear. You're no longer a slave to anxiety. You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to your past. You're, you're no longer a slave to those things that keep binding the mind. You're free in Christ Jesus. The story of, of Selah and the picture that was when she was sitting in the middle of our living room and she had all these different gifts and things. She had three shoe boxes. And one of them was a pair of Michael Kors shoes. Yes, a two and a half year old with Michael Kors shoes. And whatever I want, Bobby said he would buy for me. Thank you, Bobby. She won't even let me hold her half the time, but she, she knows how to spend the checkbook. Michael Kors, what were the other two? They were like name brand. Tom's. Yeah, two, like her feet are this big. Like, you couldn't even spell Tom's on there. They're so, her feet are so small. And, 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 all right, Pastor, isn't that frivolous? Not, not where there's love. I, I want to I teach you something. See, we think... God acts like we do sometimes. God is extravagant. God, God, God walks in love. When David went get, to get the ark, he came back and he was just dancing up a storm. And it was choreographed. And he took off his king's crown and he took off his king's robe and he set aside and he said there's only one king here and that's and that's the, that's the king of the mercy seed of the of, of what we're bringing back okay and michael who loved him so much michael if you read out of first samuel hid him one time so that her father saul wouldn't kill him so michael had a love and affection but at this point in time like michael's like mad like who are you you're you're taking off your king's robe you're taking off your 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 kingly crown and you 
look at you dancing in front of all the, all the women out in the courtyard. He said, I will be more vile or more extravagant than that in my worship. Anytime I want to worship my Father, I want to worship my God, I'm going to let it all loose. And I think God sometimes just looking for a church to, to let it loose during worship, just to make declaration and proclamation that here I am, God, I'm here, I'm here to be with you. And I think when you, when you make the mistake I did, and give your wife the debit card and say, go buy her whatever she wants. That it's your fault, not her fault, when she buys whatever she wants. But she had these three brand new pair of shoes, and I watched them, and I, I hit my, on my phone, and I expanded the picture, and I look, and there's a pair of Michael Kors shoes there. And I know what Michael Kors costs. She, she bought that little girl Michael Kors. Then I look over, and there's a pair of Tom's. I know what Tom's cost, and I'm thinking that Tom sent a pair over to somebody in Africa. Go get them, Tom. And I see the other pair, and I forget what it is now, and it's another name brand. I'm thinking, she bought that girl three pairs of shoes. I said, and I texted Janie back and said, you bought three pairs of shoes? Yeah, you said whatever she wants. She wanted three pairs of shoes. I'm thinking, praise God. I like new shoes. Anybody here like new shoes? I love new shoes. I am a shoe guy. I really, I do. I have, I have, I'm not even going to tell you how many pair of shoes I have because it's, you would think I'm crazy. And the, the beauty of it is our number two, second grandson is uh, third grade. He's going to be, he's going to be nine in March. Well, he already wears a size nine and a half. All right. I'm a 10 and a half. It's just going to be about six months, and I'm going to be able to wear his hand-me-downs. <laughs> Ain't no shame in my game. I have no problem, because he's going to grow out of them so fast, he can't wear them out. He's over the house yesterday. We were in the backyard playing. He had a brand-new pair of KDs on, sweet-looking shoes, and uh, he wasn't getting in the grass. And uh, we were playing with the dog, and come on, Jonah, let's. No, he's, I'm fine over here. He's on the sidewalk. I said, come on. I said, you don't get those shoes dirty, do you? No. No. Bought them with my Christmas money. Good for you, man. And I'm thinking, that's a good mindset because if I'm going to get his hand-me-downs, I don't want them dirty or wore out. I want those things to be like brand new when I get them. So train up a child in the way he should go when he's young. He will not depart thereof. I mean, I just got to wait till this guy's halfway through fourth grade, and I'm getting some really, really sweet shoes, Okay. And I like new shoes. Now, if I don't have to pay for them, that's a win for me. When you got saved, when you became a Christ follower, I don't know if it was an angel. I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But you spiritually got fitted for brand new shoes because you are no longer a slave. Now, somebody needs to hear that today. You are no, you are no longer a slave. You are not a slave anymore to that past that may haunt you, to those people that may talk bad about you, to that thing that maybe you did, you wish you would have never done, but you are not a slave to it anymore. You are fulfilling the righteousness of Jesus Christ all over you. God is all around you. In fact, he's encamped angelic hosts around about you. You have no reason to be ashamed. You have no reason to walk in fear. You have no reason to, to be looked down upon anymore because you have a Father God in heaven who loves you so very, very much that not only did he die for you, his son Jesus Christ, but he put a robe on you as well. 
He gave you authority as well. He gave you a brand new pair of shoes. And there's something really critical there because the Bible says how precious are the feet of those who bring good news. So now with our new shoes, he, he expects us to do something with it. Our feet are prepared to spread the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's one of the armors that we have. In fact, if you go into some of these uh, stores, they'll have the you know, army boots, and they, they're, they're fitted, and most of them are under armor, and they're, they're fitted well, and they, they're, they're comfortable, and they look good, and yet when your feet feel good and you're going to battle, you, you feel like you can succeed, and you're, they used to say you could tell the markings of a man by the shoes that, that he wears, and I'm not sure if that's the case anymore, but I know this spiritually. Spiritually, church, God looks at you and he knows he has prepared a shoe for you. Now he says, hey, would you, would you walk in the freedom? Would you walk in the freedom that I've given you? Child, would you, would you walk in the freedom? You're not a slave anymore. You're, you're not in that place where that you thought you were. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And, and just like the son, just like Jonah, sometimes we have to come to ourselves. We have to say, wait a second. I've been acting like that that old person. I've been, I've been acting like a less than, and not in pride or arrogance, but in complete humility and confidence. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are somebody. You are somebody. You matter. I'm asking you to stand right where you're at. If you're comfortable, just raising your hands up. Raise your hands up. I want you to believe what I'm telling you today, because I think a person has to come to their own self at some point in time. Young people, you can't serve your parents' God. You have, to, you have to serve your God. Their God has to become your God. Seasoned people, you, have to, you can't serve God out of redundancy. He, your relationship with him has to become new every day, just like mercies are new every day. We can't, we can't worry ourselves or work ourselves to death. Neither one of those are going to get us to heaven. Only the blood nature of Jesus Christ gets us to the other side. And if you're here today and you say, hey, my, I'm lacking in my relationship, then just say this really quickly. Say, hey, Jesus, I need you. Would you come into my heart? Would you forgive me of my sins? I need to become a born-again follower. I need a pair of new shoes today, spiritually speaking. And the Lord will put you and dress you with a robe. He'll give you a ring. He'll put shoes on your feet. And all of a sudden, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And, and if nothing else, it's a start. And then we start, we read the scriptures. We get in a small group or a study group. We attend church as often as we can. We do all the things that God wants us to do. And when we do that, all of a sudden, people that are looking at you say, I see something different about you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now over each and every person in this place that needs that robe of salvation that garment of praise, that needs a ring of authority and commitment. I pray, Father, right now today, those that need spiritual shoes on their feet, Lord, so they can go to battle, so they can go to war, so they can, Lord, they can not any longer be a slave of the world, but they can be a childlike son of the living God. Father, we bless them, people, right now, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Now give a shout to the Lord as we sing one more time. God bless you, church.
Amen. How many of you received that message today? Was that powerful? Amen. You can have whatever you want. And Jesus is asking you today, what do you want? He uh, asked the blind man, he said, do you want to get better? He asked people, he said, what do you want? Do you want to be healed? He offers us so much, and we are his children. You know, Selah's got some nice shoes, you know, lots of nice shoes. Just because she said, I want those, and I want those, and I want those. How many of you want to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? How many of you want to have joy unspeakable and full of glory? How many of you want to have freedom that exists because of the cross of Jesus Christ? Do you want to be healed today? You can have whatever you want. I'm not saying it's always easy, but I'm saying that because of the stripes on Jesus' back, because of the blood that was shed on Calvary, we can have salvation, we can have peace, we can have hope, we can have joy, we can have uh, the knowledge of Jesus Christ that affects our daily life. Amen? So let's go ahead and close this service in a word of prayer. But as, as the Lord is asking you today, you can have whatever you want. What do you want? But I want you just to ask for that. Sure, there are material things that we all want, but God is offering us so much more than Michael Kors shoes. As great as that is, he's offering us the peace so you can sleep at night. He's offering us the, the joy that lifts us out of depression. He's offering us all the things that, that you truly need salvation and that hope for eternity. Amen. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you one more time for all that you have done for us. Thank you, God, that you sent your only son to this world so that we can have salvation and freedom. Lord God, as, as I look across this place, I see so many people that, that have something that they need, something that they want. God, whether it's hope or joy or freedom or peace, God, I pray that you would give us everything. Lord, you said you can have it all. You can have whatever you want. God, so as we're calling out to you this morning. Father God, said, I want my son and daughter to come back to know you. God, I want my marriage to be healed. God, I want my finances to be healed. God, I want freedom from that addiction and that shame and that sin. I want freedom from the guilt and the past. And I want to be lifted out of that, of that place, God, that I keep going back to. God, whatever it is, you said we can have whatever we want. God, we're calling out to you right now that we want those things in the, in the name of Jesus. God, that by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the cross, God, we declare it, that it is finished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give, or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.